everybody. Welcome to Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mercatani. I'm Andy Hamilton coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum in Waterloo, Iowa, joined from St. Louis by David Mercatani. David, how's everything down south today? Everything's good, man. Sun is shining, getting some things done before I head down to uh, Tulsa for the weekend. Awesome. You're going to have junior duels. We had cadet duels this past weekend. I'm going to be here in Waterloo this week. Big week at the Gable Museum. Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, wrestling camp going on right behind me in the room uh, in the Gable Training Facility, Training Learning Center. Um, so that's going on. Hall of Fame weekend, golf outing. Lots of um, college Division One coaches going to be coming in from that. Stephen Neal is going to be on the guest list as well as uh, some former NFL and other professional athletes that uh, are going to be coming to town for that. Usually uh, quite a crowd shows up every year for that, quite a guest list. So uh, no different this year. As you mentioned, you're going to be at Junior Duels. we got those on track wrestling. This week we had Cadet Duels last week. Lots of stuff going on in the wrestling world. Abdul Rashid Sajalayev gets taken to the wire at Russia National. Steve Blyce on the move. Uh, Patricio Lugo possibly, uh, maybe likely, headed to Iowa. Mike Poeta going back to Illinois. Kevin Jackson going back to USA Wrestling. David, where do you want to get this started this week? Um, maybe let's talk about KJ first. I mean, you know, we were just at World Team Trials a week and a half ago. So you know, he was obviously there coaching a few guys. Yeah, so Kevin Jackson heading back to USA Wrestling, going to take uh, the freestyle developmental job uh, that was formerly held by Brent Metcalf. So a little bit of a trade going on between USA Wrestling and, and Iowa State at this point. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there are any players to be named later involved, but uh, Future draft pick, Kevin right? Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Jackson yeah. on the move back to USA Wrestling. So, David, what are your thoughts on move for uh, USA Wrestling and for Kevin Jackson? Well, I, I think you know. I mean, I'm friends with Kevin. Um, you know, I, I lived with his brother for a year at Iowa State. I, I, I love Kevin Jack. He's an awesome guy. And, like, he's a super – his energy is really good. I mean, just – he's a really positive person. And, you know, I was sad to see how it ended for him at Iowa State. And uh, I'm really happy for him. I feel like this is – probably a better fit for him. I think, I don't know how much he enjoyed all the other stuff that goes along with collegiate wrestling, all the administrative stuff, all the, you know, just all the stuff that goes with that as opposed to just coaching super elite guys. And I think he's done a good job with super elite guys in the past. And obviously, you know, he's got a relationship, you know, established up there in Colorado Springs where they know what to expect from him. And, you know, when you combine you know, his new job, Joe Russell's new job, Gary Mayab's new job. And, you know, I got a chance to talk to Cody Bickley a week or so ago. It's very, uh, you know, if you're guys like us that are fans, but not, you know, making a lot of things happen, it's exciting. I mean, I think, you know, USA Wrestling is heading in the right direction. I mean, you had a great interview that with David Taylor. And I mean, to think that a guy as good as David Taylor, a guy as good as Kyle Dake, that, some of those kind of guys, those are our, our alternates. 
um, it's exciting. I'm happy for Kevin. I really am. I shot, I shot him a text, and I, he, you know, I'm just I'm happy for him. Well, let's work backward on the list here. We talked about uh, Mike Poeta. Um, we and you roll back um, about a month ago. We talked about at length about Mark Perry leaving Illinois for Iowa. And now Illinois has found his replacement, Mike Poeta, heading back to his alma mater. Uh, you know, they bring in a guy that uh, middleweight type of guy. So, you know, we wondered what uh, what Mark Perry's departure would mean for Isaiah Martinez and a training situation there. Uh, so Illinois addresses it from that, that end. Also connections to the recruiting world with Mike Poeta and his club. Uh, they're based in Illinois, obviously leaving that now. but. Um, uh, there's there's that connection there, David. Um, fr- from a get standpoint, h- how would you rate this one for Illinois in, in terms of replacing Mark Perry? Yeah, it's almost like you know, like the NBA draft is coming up, right? And like the NFL draft was, you know, a couple months ago. It looks great. I, I think it could be great. I think it really comes down to do they make inroads on Illinois recruiting? And we talked about this a couple, well, about a month ago, probably when we talked about Mark leaving, going to Hawkeye. They got to get the best guys in the state. I mean, that's what Pennsylvania, you know, Penn State, they're doing. Ohio State is doing, you know, closer to home here, Missouri is doing. Um, you don't see very many good kids leave Iowa, you know, either Iowa, Iowa State, Northern Iowa. I mean, and that's the formula. You know, you can do all the data mining you want. I mean, I've looked all this stuff up. They, every team that wins nationals has won it with at least four big point getters that were in-state guys. And Illinois has enough guys. I mean, you, you're better at rattling off those names than me, but in the last even five, six years, you can look at all the guys that scored points at Nationals, and they had just been on Illinois' team. They'd easily be a top-eight team with just those guys. And then you add in a Jesse Delgado. You add in an Isaiah Martinez. You know, you add in a Zach Brunson, those kind of guys. Uh, and the other thing is those guys are cheaper. Because you start with the in-state tuition advantage, so when you get those guys, it gives you a chance to get one or two more guys, and then if you miss, your misses aren't as bad because you've got depth. So, you know, Paul has got a lot of connections in the state of Illinois and, you know, was an absolute beast when he wrestled. So, I think it's good, and he's, and he's you know, he's still a young guy, still a lot of energy, so I think that's great, too. I mean, are, what are you hearing, you know, on your end about things? What's the perception of, of the hire? I haven't heard a lot. Um, been focused on some other stuff going on. Obviously, cadet duels and junior duels and kind of unplugged uh, a little bit from from that type of uh, angle. But, uh, you know, on the surface, I mean, all the points that you just made, I think, are, are very valid that, uh, you know, that that's where it starts for Illinois, right, is, is – um, keeping the in-state kids home. You, you're talking about it. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Illinois, I, I, I want to say, is the second highest um, participation numbers nationally. And and you mentioned that there's a lot of, you know, a lot of kids going out of state um, that, that are having a lot of success for Illinois out of state. Um, or, excuse me, they're having, from Illinois, having a lot of success out of state. Um, you know, you just think, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, exactly. You think, uh, you know, just off the top of my head right now, looking at uh, some of the kids even here uh, this year, Austin Gomez heading to Iowa State. Um, you know, you know, Jason Renneria going to Nebraska. 
Um, you know, you look back Jacob at the Sam. Yep, Jacob, Jacob Warner, Warner going to Iowa. Yep. Can you yep, imagine if Illinois' recruiting class had those three kids? Just those these those three kids and throw in a Jamie Hernandez. You know, like let's say they got those four guys. Austin O'Connor. Okay, those five guys, right? And they're not none of them are at the same weight, right? So theoretically, you could get those guys. That's a top. That's easily a top five recruiting class. Yep. You know, yep. you got to get one of them, right? Like, I mean, it's yeah. So Patrick Brucky is going to Princeton. Yeah. Yeah. Norfleet, Kendall, Nor- or, you know, Cordell Norfleet going to uh, Arizona State. So, you yeah. look, um, Jamie Hernandez <laughs> going to North Carolina, Michael McGee going to Old Dominion. Um, you got to go down. And in fact, what do we just rattle off? One, two, three, four, seven, five, yeah. um, six, seven, like seven of the top 70 kids in the country on Intermat's top 100 list from Illinois. And some of them are going to the University of Illinois. Yeah, and, and so. you get to look at the perception. Like, you know, like I saw Coleman Scott a week and a half ago, and Coleman Scott was a Pennsylvania guy. He was the Dave Schultz Junior Award winner, and he went to Oklahoma State. I don't think that would happen now. Like, that many, if Penn State was Penn State now, I don't think Oklahoma State goes into Pennsylvania and gets him. I, yeah. I just don't think yep. that happened. And the, here's the other like, these schools are not scared to go into Pennsylvania, they don't, or into uh, Illinois, excuse me. They don't feel like it's a waste of time. I mean, like when I was recruiting, I hardly went into Iowa because there's 19 junior colleges that wrestle there. You know, like, I'm like, that kid's going to find a home somewhere. And the difference between in-state and out-of-state at that level is really high. It's like double. So it's just, they got to close the borders. You know what I mean? Tom Ryan did it. Uh, Kale did it. You know, John's done it. I mean, I think, you know, John's going to have more battles with Lou Rosselli. You know, I mean, you know, they're keep they're going to keep those kids. You know, Brian Smith has done it for the most part. You know, I mean, everybody lets one or two guys get away. But like you said, seven of the top 70, if, if I'm quoting you correctly, and they didn't get one of them. Yep. I mean, that's, yep. that can't happen. I mean, like the kids that get away have to be the exception, not the rule. So, you know, my answer would be whoever can make that happen, they've got guys there that can coach and teach. And if not, I mean, you can bring in a million young guys to come work out with them through, you know, the RTCs. So, yeah, I, I hope they're successful. It's a program that needs to be successful. I mean, you're, you're winning. You know, I know they didn't win Greco, but they won Cadet Freestyle. They're the favorites to win Junior Duels. They're the favorites to win Fargo. I mean, that, those things, see, you, on any real level, they need to be correlated, right? I mean, if you have one of the five best high school programs in the country, you shouldn't have the 25th best collegiate program in the country. So, Yep, and we're going to come back to uh, cadet duels and junior duels and, and talk more about Illinois here uh, yeah. later in the show. While we're on the topic of college wrestling, David, a uh, couple, uh, one transfer on the move, uh, another transfer likely on the move, actually, uh, Patricio Lugo said he's going to – told me last week he will transfer from Edinburgh. Um, highly likely that he ends up at Iowa at this point. He said Iowa is the front runner, really likes uh, what's going on there. Um, impressed by the Mark Perry move. That was something that caught uh, his attention and, and said he was really kind of captivated by uh, the intensity of the program. So Patricio Lugo – 
uh, has a red shirt next year that he could use um, two years of eligibility after that uh, a potential uh, seamless transition there if he winds up at Iowa indeed from Brandon Sorensen to, to Lugo. Uh, if that materializes, certainly a good gift for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, right. I mean, a guy who hasn't wrestled great at nationals, but had, you know, great regular seasons and, I mean, did really well out at Cliff Team Vegas, you know, beat Sorensen in the duel. And as we talked about when that duel happened, that wasn't lucky. I mean, he, he, he won the takedown battle. I mean, I think he won either two out of three in regulation, and then Sorensen got the one late with the right out, and that made the difference to get it to overtime, and then he took him down again. So it ended up being three out of four. So um, I, I'm kind of surprised. I had talked to some people that thought he's probably going to stay put, but uh, – you know, nobody passed a thousand on those things, so it'll be interesting to see if he actually goes. And I was an interesting fit because you can't imagine they have a lot of money laying around. I, I don't know how that all works out, but you know, it'll be interesting to see. Also, another uh, transfer on the move to the Big Ten: Steve Blyce, two-time NCAA qualifier from Northern Illinois. And uh, Minnesota announced last week that he is going to become a Gopher. So the Gophers pick up one. Uh, in the middle of their order. Uh, did you get a chance to watch much of Steve Blyce this year, David? I know he's a guy that uh, had been in the rankings uh, throughout the year, posted some big wins, I think uh, kind of hovering in that uh, 10 to 15 range most of the year, I think. What do you, what kind of get do you think this is for Minnesota? I only watched a match or two, and, you know, at the last name, like Maricatani, you could think I could pronounce a one-syllable name. Right, so I'm glad you corrected me because I've been calling him Blees all year. So um, I think he's a, he's a grinder, right? It kind of feels like he fits into what Minnesota does. And I think all this movement, what you're seeing from kids are, and it, and it goes all the way down to the Little League and these, you know, these schools and camps and academies, like everybody's really starting to understand the importance of training partners and drill partners. And, I mean, I think that's really – I mean, why? That's why guys go. That's why Alabama signs eighty-five-star recruits every year. You know, in football, like this. So Minnesota's team is going to be really sneaky good, and I don't think Brandon Agum has probably gotten enough credit for you know them kind of surviving all that that turmoil with J. Rob and the investigation and all that. And that you know that program had a good season, two finalists. Um, you know. And and the cupboard's not bare. It's not like they graduated all those guys. I mean, Lezak's back. I mean, they got a couple other guys back. They went and got Gable Stevenson as a verbal. I mean, it's they're, they're sneaky good. And Minnesota's always kind of, at least maybe in my mind, they're not the team you talk about all year. And then at the end of the year, a lot of times in the past, they're the ones hanging out in the top five or six, you know, so – I think Brandon Agum deserves a lot of credit. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. To salvage uh, what was going on there. And then, uh, as you mentioned, uh, um, the, the recruits that are on the way, they, you know, Jake Aller flipped from Iowa State to Minnesota. I mean, he was a guy that wanted to grow to, you know, I remember when he committed to Iowa State in the fall telling me that uh, he grew up a Gopher fan and, and, you know, just the uncertainty at Minnesota made it hard to go there. Well, then, you know, months later, you got the uncertainty at Iowa State. He flips back to Minnesota. 
Uh, so they're getting him a good guy in the middle of the, you know, middle of the order, 65, probably 65, 74, somewhere in there. I would venture to guess that, that he'll wind up. Um, also, uh, Daniel Kirkfleet, uh, a younger kid, sophomore, um, 220 pounds. He wrestled at 220 at Folkstyle Nationals, rolled through that, uh, probably 197 pounder, I would guess, in college. Just a, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch him, David, but he is I have not. Uh, yeah. su- super athletic, long, um, you know, athletic build and uh, moves really well, got a lot of good stuff. And so, uh, you know, we've been accustomed the last 20 years or so seeing Minnesota just be loaded in the upper weights and uh, certainly with, with Kirkleet and Steveson, uh, you know, Aller. Looks like they're uh, they're going to be strong for years to come there. And then, you know, you talk about uh, what's going on in Illinois, and maybe this is a good segue to our next topic as well, since these two states duped it out uh, at Kidhead Duels throughout the weekend. But, man, uh, Minnesota – uh, continues to produce top flight kid after top flight kid. So many kids coming out of that, the the Pinnacle Club up there, and and uh, Jared Lawrence, um, and those guys up there doing a tremendous job with uh, you know grooming kids and getting them uh, ahead of the curve. Man, the Illinois Minnesota scraps over the weekend or over last weekend at the at the Cadet Duels were were phenomenal to watch. Um, Cadet Duels, uh, Greco Roman. Uh, Minnesota tops Illinois in a 40 to 38 duel. <laughs> uh, tremendous action throughout that. Just just a really fun duel to watch. Super intense. And then Illinois comes back in freestyle and rolls through the tournament. I think uh, Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, Travis Johnson had it in his story on track wrestling for us. Um, they won 94 out of. Um, let's see if I can find it in the story. 94 out of 119 matches, Illinois won in, in the freestyle tournament. And then uh, Illinois went 10-7 uh, um, and seven in the finals against Minnesota. Another really fun duel to watch there. Just a, a, a lot of good action, a lot of great back and forth, high-level kids. Uh, there's some highlight clips on Track Wrestling's Twitter account from that as well as in Travis's story on the homepage and, and also video interviews of that. Uh, David, did you get a chance to watch any of the cadet duels? Just, I, no, I just saw, like, you know, I'm getting clips about how the Missouri kids are doing because I'm friends with a lot of those guys. But I did see, like, the box score of how the, that duel, those duels went. And, I mean, you know, it's impressive because Illinois had a, a firm grasp on these duels cadet and junior duels and you know minnesota is a, a state that really really uh they emphasize greco i mean they that was a state that gary may have mentioned you know like one of the first states he was going to go to to build up the greco program from the grassroots level and minnesota storm and all the guys they've had up there throughout the years and yeah i mean and you know and it, it's kind of a tangent, but not really. You have all these young kids in Minnesota. Minnesota is another school that kind of going back to the Illinois conversation that seems like they keep their best kids in state. Those kids don't leave. They do what they got to do to get them. So, yeah, I mean, those, and then I think Illinois ended up winning the freestyle. Is that correct? Yeah. Illinois Illinois rolled through freestyle. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. They just got a machine going up there. I mean, it's super impressive. Um, 
and you know you you think like a guy a guy like Sean Bournemouth leaves and okay they're going to take a hit and everybody pulls together. I mean when I go to Fargo, you know it, it's almost misleading recruiting some of those kids because they're so well coached. You kind of wonder, okay, well they get to college and everybody's going to be well coached. So you know how much are they winning matches just on coaching? So it's you know it's really interesting. So. Yeah, I mean those those were, and I'm hoping to see some duels like that, you know, with the juniors this weekend. I, I think there'll be some great matchups, and you know, a lot of these schools, have, their states rather posted their rosters, and it looks like the potential for some of these matchups is is going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And and just rewinding real quick, um, one point cadet duels. That's a fifth straight title for Illinois in freestyle. Uh, if you rewind to now the last seven years. Um, Illinois has won 11 of the 14 titles combined in freestyle and Greco-Roman at cadet duels. Moving ahead to junior duels, as you mentioned, uh, the rosters um, started to trickle uh, in on track wrestling a little bit. Some of the headliners this week, uh, Oregon bringing Travis Whitlake, the cadet bronze medalist, cadet world bronze medalist for Ohio, has some studs, Dylan D'Amelio, Mitch Moore, Jaden Maddox, who's Ohio State-bound, Missouri recruit Jared Campbell, Kevin Voe, the heavyweight who had been committed to Boise State in a land at South Dakota State. He's the heavyweight on the Ohio roster, so Ohio's going to be pretty strong as well. Michigan bringing Ben Kamali, Rayvon Foley, Ben Freeman, Cam Amin, just to name a few. Missouri, you're familiar with some of these guys. Uh, you had some yeah. of them at the border brawl. Um, Connor Brown, Cameron and Colin Valdivias, Cody Stippen, uh, some of the headliners on that Missouri squad. Iowa going to have Tristan Lara, the Northern Iowa recruit. Aiden Reeves, Fargo All-American. Kyle Biscaglia, Drew West. Uh, so those are some of the headliners. We're going to have a lot more names to watch in the, in the days to come. That's uh, going to get started uh, Wednesday down in Tulsa So uh, with, with Greco-Roman. David, you're going to be down there. Any thoughts on on what you're – I guess, first of all, what are, you, what are you most looking forward to seeing down there in Tulsa? I, I used to – it was my favorite meet to recruit. It was easier to recruit than Fargo because you're not running around all over the place. Um, the other thing is at Fargo, everybody thought they were going to go Division One, And, you know, you get these guys and it's a little more realistic. And you can follow the flow of a duel. You know, and you and I talked about this, and one of the reasons you liked wrestling was that, like, if you watched the bad basketball game, you were stuck there the whole time. You know, wrestling match, you know, if, if this duel gets out of hand and there's not any more really marquee matchups, you can move, you know, move over to another match. And, you know, I'm I'm anxious to, you know, sit down with Kevin Crutchmer again and just – I just think there's going to be a ton of good matchups, and, and not all these lineups are posted. I mean, I don't know, you know, like, if we're going to see Fix or see some of these guys, but it's um, – you know, Nebraska's got some good kids coming in. I just think the matchups are going to be really cool. And actually, Team Ohio is training in St. Louis tonight on their way over. And I'm actually going to get a chance to go visit with those guys. Um, so I'm, I'm, I just, you know, I'm, I think I'm a wrestling geek like you are. I'm just excited to see some of these matchups. And, you know, this all started working with you, covering the college guys and doing the rankings and stuff like that. But you'd be crazy not to pay attention to high school because, you know, usually the best high school kids are the ones that end up being ranked and doing well in college right away. So 
And I think the team part of it's really cool. Like kids get fired up for the duels. Nobody's keeping track of the team scores in Fargo. You know, it's just you go out, win your match, get your Gatorade, get ready, you know, figure out on the next one if you're red or blue, switch your single and get ready to go. You know, these guys here, the team thing's really cool. And, uh, and I actually think it's going to be a little bit easier to get interviews that way because you can, you know, you're not running around all over the place. If I want to watch Ohio versus Missouri and watch, you know, Max Darrow wrestle Kevin Vo, I, I can get that match and I can, you know, get an interview afterwards. So just, and I got a lot of friends in Oklahoma. I'm just excited to go. It's going to be really, really fun. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week. But one more topic that uh, we want to touch on before we put this one to bed. David Russian Nationals last week. Abdul Rashid Sajalaya, three-time world and Olympic champ. Uh, the Russian phenom won the world championships at, uh, what was he, 18, I think, when he won his first senior-level world title. Right. Uh, he got pushed, got pushed to the limit. Um, did you get a chance? to watch that match in the finals, the eight, seven match that he had in the finals of the, of the Russian nationals. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys were just built like houses, man. (laughs) It's going to be interesting watching him. Hopefully now, am I correct that he's not going to get seated at the world championships? Is that how that's going to shake out? Correct. So, Theoretically, he could draw into Snyder in the first round, right? Yeah. Yeah, my understanding. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like Snyder a couple years ago in the D1s where really you didn't know if they were going to seed him because it didn't seem like they had enough criteria, and they ended up, I think, doing the fair thing and seeding him second, you know, behind Gwiz. Yeah. it seems like it's what maybe Snyder's a little bigger. Um, I certainly think Parterre favors Sajalaya. I certainly think Cardio favors Snyder. I mean, I think it comes down to, you know, Snyder can he get his finishes and really get Sajalaya tired? And let's say Sajalaya maybe he's got a little bit some better techniques early. Can Snyder just give up ones or just give up twos and not give up, you know, take down gut, gut, or just so hard to come back. Uh, yep. But it's going to be fascinating, right? I mean, like it's a chess match and, you know, if you and I kind of know how it's going to go. I'm sure these guys maybe have a little bit, you know, deeper game plan than we do. So I think it'll be really cool to watch. I mean, how far back do you have to go to find uh United States, Russia, individual matchup that's been this, like the like the the hype has surrounded it like this for months, years even. I mean, we were talking about this after both guys won in Vegas. You know, would we one uh, day see Sajalayev moving yeah. up and in, in, in wrestling Snyder? I think the last matchup this hype was Rocky Four, right? You know, <laughs> Rocky, Drago and Rocky. <laughs> so, might be. I mean, it might be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's going to be super cool, man. Like just and and you know. We talked about Snyder last week, and the guy's so his poise or maturity or growth or development or whatever whatever word you want to use to describe him, he's just ultra impressive and just there's no situation that's too big for him. And I think he's got that trait that all great champions have. They welcome competition. Like 
you know, I've been around a lot of guys in the fight game, and they don't want to fight certain guys. They look for ways out. Guys like him, you know, guys like I had Randy Couture on, they, you know, that guy fought the best anytime, anywhere, any place. And, like, that, and they don't, if you don't think that way, they don't understand you. That's just how they think. So I think that's super cool. You know, and I think, I, I would guess this would probably not be the first or last, not the, I mean, it would be the first, but not the last time those two would wrestle. I mean, I don't see Sajalayev going down, and I don't see Snyder going up to 125. There's no reason for him to. So I think these guys are going to be in each other's way for a while. Well, one thing that could throw a wrench into things is, is the new weight classes and what those look like, and, and that'll be uh, certainly interesting, something to keep an eye on uh, in the months ahead. Uh, what those weight classes look like and who goes where. But, uh, yeah, neither one of them seems like a guy who backs down from a challenge, and, and I could certainly see this being a fun rivalry for years and years to come. I think it would be great for international wrestling to have something like this where people are keeping an eye on it. You know, you talk about um, some of these other sports, and, and you get into to the Olympics and, and, you know, track and field and swimming, and one right. thing that uh, one thing that sells is a good good rivalry. Uh, you know, conflict, conflict always sells, right? So, um, yeah, if, if USA we've, Russia we've doesn't hurt either. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely not, absolutely not. So, uh, so yeah, that uh, I think that that would be tremendous for uh, for international wrestling. For you know, we've talked about uh, how how there just has not uh, the, the interest at the international level isn't quite the you know the same as it is at the college level, and and uh, this could be something that uh, potentially could could help change that. So yeah, and, David, and you made a really good. Week? Well, you made a really good point about the weight classes, and that might happen, but definitely in 2020, those weight classes aren't going to change. So um, yeah, the only other thing I have is I'm have Randy Couture coming on Matt Chat this Friday, and right now I have John Smith uh, scheduled for a video one-hour interview in his office in Stillwater on Sunday, so that would come out the following Friday. So um, say a prayer for me. You know, you're the journalist of the year. I'm a little nervous about sitting there and making sure I don't screw it up on video. But, uh, you know, John Smith's always been really gracious to me and my family, and I'm I'm pretty excited about that opportunity. I tell you what, I'm jealous. I thoroughly enjoy the opportunities to sit down and talk wrestling with John Smith. I think it's fascinating stuff. And and he's got such a – and you know, an, an interesting take on so many different things, and he looks at it so many different ways. Um, you know, some of the you know the most interesting conversations I've had, one-on-one conversations that I've had, like in the last five years. Um, I think back to a couple of them with, with John Smith. You know, the opportunity to sit in his office down in Stillwater, yeah, and uh, really p- pick his brain on some things. Uh, you know, I was down there covering an Iowa Oklahoma State duel, and, and got the chance to visit with him for a while. Um, and actually, I think that that might have actually been Tom Brands' first year. So it's you know we're talking ten, eleven years now. But uh, you know, also up in in uh, Madison here a couple of years ago at the World Team Trials. So uh, certainly uh, envious of of you having that opportunity. But uh, definitely glad that uh, you're on our team and you're going to be bringing that one. So uh, uh, are you are you taking suggestions on questions? You taking? I was going to say, don't be afraid from the public. <laughs> Don't be afraid to send me some good questions, boss. I'll take them. So, yeah, either the public. I'm, once I confirm it with Coach, I talked to him last week, and he said yes, and I'm supposed to call him Wednesday and just confirm the time, and then I'll put it on my Facebook page. But I'll tag you, and then, you know, if you want to put it up on Track Wrestling's 
I'd love to get some great questions. I mean, uh, it's, you know, I got a chance to sit and actually have dinner and talk with Coach for about an hour, hour and a half at the Big 12s. Uh, you know, I, I hope it's just like that. I hope it's literally just sitting at the bar and talking and getting his, you know, getting his read on things. Like you said, the guy thinks differently than most of us do. So, you know, he's seen so much and, you know, and it's, you know, he's a different stage of his life. Now. He hasn't competed for a long time. He's coaching his son. You know, I mean, all these different kind of things are going on. So it's, it's, it's a pretty cool opportunity. I'm, I'm really, really um, excited, a little nervous, but, you know, I'm going to try not to screw it up. That's, that's my motto. So. Awesome. Just try not to screw it up. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Good words for all of us, right? That's my life. Try not to screw up today. (laughs) Well, David Mirkatani, thank you as always for your time and insight. Always my pleasure, Andy. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mirkatani. Thank you for listening. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.